Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Andrew Jefferson. Coach Jefferson is the boys varsity coach at Jubilee Academy in San Antonio, Texas. Coach Jefferson sits down and talks to us about leadership, weight training, player development, and life. Andrew is passionate and has a heart for young people. He's a great example of hard work, dedication, and going the extra mile. So I hope you enjoy our conversation, and I also hope that you'll be inspired. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thank you for having me, man. Nah, man, here. it's a pleasure, man. Uh, just kind of getting started right away, man. I, I, you're, you're a head coach uh, in a high school program at Jubilee Academic Center right. uh, for that district and at the Jubilee High School here in San Antonio. Right. And you're also the athletic coordinator at uh, Jubilee Highland Hills as well. That's a lot on your plate, man. And uh, having known you now since... I don't know, 2005 sometime, <laughs> somewhere around that couple of years back. Yeah, pretty way uh, back. I just want to let you know, man, I'm really proud of you. I'm pr- proud of where you come from. I know Definitely where you come from. that, man. All that good stuff. So, you know, right now we get started. I just, you know, here again, going back to, to who, you, who you were growing up, all that good stuff. What was your experience with the game of basketball in high school and college? Can you run that, run through that for me? Yeah. So in high school, I guess looking at it in retrospect now, um, there's a lot of things that I didn't know as a player that I understand a lot more now, which is common in life. It's called maturity. But my, <laughs> my experience was, was pretty limited in the sense that um, we didn't have trainers. Um, there wasn't access to get in the gym. Um, and I didn't really have a direction and didn't know where to go. So for me, um, it was more so one of those situations to where I had to make a decision and I kind of put the PlayStation down and, kind of just turned on ESPN and I started watching college basketball trying to treat myself I mean pretty much train myself just because you know that's the only you know thing that we had at that time so coming up throughout high school playing at East Central um, I felt like I had some success early on when Bonowitz was there um, he yeah. retired uh, changes were made um, things didn't kind of work out for me so I went on to transfer over to Wagner um, per UIL rules, wasn't able to play at that time. Coach Ellis was there. It was the first year they were actually opened. Um, they had a really good team because when I was at Heritage Middle School, of course, you have your Kitty Hawk, you have Kirby and Woodlake, yeah. so we always battled against those guys. So yeah. talented pool over there. It was uh, kind of tough. I couldn't play, so go back over. Uh, we have seven seniors. Um, didn't really play much at all, um, so just kind of just rode the bench and just, you know, you learn things as you're riding the bench as well. So from yeah. there, man, making it to college, you know, out of the seven seniors that we had, I was actually the only one that went on to play. Yeah. College basketball, unfortunately, uh, one of them is no longer with us. Uh, rest in peace for him. But the others, I mean, I guess they just decided it wasn't for him. Yeah. Um, I felt different. No, I know I wanted to play. Um, I wasn't going to let, like, not playing in high school stop me. So really just uh, teamed up with Pluck and just grinded every single day, man, and just kind of fought, fought, fought. And then kind of earned my way a scholarship to a school out in Missouri. And, you know, same kind of same story, just trying to figure it out at the same time. You know, yeah. you're, you got a scholarship, but you don't understand the business of it. So in your mind, you're young, you're playing, you're just thinking only playing. So, you know, um, playing-wise, I only played for about two years until, like, you know, just kept getting injured, you know. Yeah. So kind of came home. And, you know, but I learned a lot, you know, just in those two years of playing. So a lot to walk away with. So when you were in high school and you, you, you referenced Coach Bonowitz, Coach Stan the man Bonowitz. Oh, yeah. The original. Yes. Uh, his son coaches at uh, 
Concordia, Concordia right now, great guy too. Having never really played for a coach like Coach Bonowitz, what was that like? It, for me, it was it was amazing. Um, and and I say this, you know, with with the most praise. But you know, I've raised by a single mother, so I wouldn't say that he came off as a a father figure, but it was like a male figure in your family, who you know, hey, if you don't know these these kind of rules, I'm going to teach you the way. So. Coach Bonowitz, he kind of came off wooden like because you were going to wear your socks a certain way. Uh, you're going to dress a certain way. He actually drove my bus in the morning. So for really? me, it was just kind of like an intimidation factor <laughs> early in the morning. It's like 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. He's driving my bus. He wasn't a man of many words in the morning, but, you know, when he got on the court, you know, he had a whole lot to say. But yeah. for him, it was just kind of like it, was, it, was a, it, it wasn't a strict discipline, but, I mean, you learn so much off the court, you know, and how yeah. you want to carry yourself and how you want to go about things. So learning from him was great. And then when you talk about the fundamentals, he was very big on the fundamentals, obviously. And then press 51 red was real big. So you just, <laughs> you learned so much out of that, but I mean, yeah. it was amazing for him. So I remember when he retired, I mean, my sophomore year, he felt that, you know, I had, I had what it took uh, to play on the varsity level. So, you know, kind of got a little bit of reps up there. Um, I was excited to come back my junior year. I remember going up there during the summer for open gym and just walking yeah. into his office, seeing a bunch of boxes. And I was just like, whoa. So kind of like sad story, but I mean, great guy. I mean, a yeah. lot of good experience playing so, for him. So would you say that when you thought about what do I do after my playing days, and not to say that you never touched the ball again after you got out of college. Mm -hmm. When did you decide or when did, did that have any effect on you and you wanted to become a coach at all, Coach Bonowitz in that system or definitely. Um he he talked he had a lot of he had like a lot of different analogies and, and it was always like had nothing to do with basketball, but he would tie him into basketball and I was able to relate so quickly because they were just everyday things. So for right. me it was just like I would have trouble in the classroom. Yeah. I felt like most teachers couldn't relate to me for whatever what reason. And then you have this coach who brings, in my, my mind, there were complex skills, but he was able to tie them in by real world, like kind of life and activities and just like, boom, and I'm able to grasp and get them. So kind of seeing him have that type of effect on me, it kind of drew me towards it. And then I turned on the TV ESPN and just, you see so much college basketball. I mean, I knew at that point when I was putting down a PlayStation and wanted to watch college basketball games that I wanted to coach. Right. That's good, man. Like I, I always want to know where people get their inspiration from as far as coaching, because some guys, I think a younger generation will say, uh, you know, Phil Jackson. Yeah. Uh, you know, Popovich now. Some people might want to get into coaching because of that. But I think high school coaches have such a great impact on mm -hmm. young people. Yourself, like what you're talking about, Coach Bonowitz, and kind of the the example he was to you. And here again, having never played for him, but always kind of from a distance knowing who he was and how revered he was on our side of town. Because, mm -hmm. you know, out here on the southeast side of San Antonio, man, like there's very few stories of great coaching and he's kind of the legendary one when it comes to basketball. Yeah. So, uh, you know. He's, I, he was definitely, I would want to add and say, he's definitely one of those coaches. I mean, the inspiration that he was given. But there was another coach on staff as well that I felt that I look at it now, and I feel like his life as a coach yeah. that he carried out for us throughout high school and even now kind of had influence or had a big influence on what I did. And, and I even emailed him back my last year in college. And I was Coach Chip Moxley. He was, yeah. he was the, the JV coach, sophomore coach. And it was funny because me and him had, you know, had a little disagreement at one time. I think I was a sophomore or junior. You know, my mom had to come up there for this big meeting. But, you know, long story short, you look at a guy who was on that state championship yeah, team. 95. He, yeah, he didn't play. And he'll tell you he didn't play. But, I mean, like, his, just, his, his charisma, his character, I mean, it's just out the roof. And then yeah. for me, what I think what took the deal was – 
the fact that he married his high school sweetheart. He's teaching at East Central now. He's still with her, and they have wow. kids. And it's just like, man, like that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So from yeah. a coaching perspective, I I, I want to say thank you to him because he definitely motivated me to want to have a family, you know, yeah. and, and and be with that family and, and and live that life like from here on out. You know what I mean? You know, you mentioned that that state championship team. I hung out with those guys, uh, the Blacktop, a lot. Yeah. And playing against them and with them made me a better player. It really did. You know, I wasn't one of the top players in the city or anything like that, but I sure as heck felt like it when I played with and against those guys. Definitely. Because I was two years younger uh, and just going head-to-head with them, especially Stan and Dante. Man, that, that was – and to see how their lives have turned out, it's just great guys, man. That was really a team that you could look at and say, yeah, they had a lot of talent. Yeah, they had a great coach. Uh, the system worked really well, but – the reality, they were good character guys, Definitely. and uh, it's still, and it's having a lasting effect, not just, it wasn't just a ring they put on their finger, because, you know, wins and losses mean so much to so many, yet for them, they won it all, and still come out on top in life, you know, it wasn't, that wasn't their first trip, but when they did go, they made the best of it, and, and like you said about Coach uh, Moxley, you know, here again, heard a lot of great things about him. Uh, that whole system, that whole essential vibe when yep. it comes to basketball, just phenomenal, a great run and, and a great program. So you as a coach in particular today, mm-hmm. Andrew Jefferson, the head coach mm-hmm. uh, at the high school level, what, influence you, what influences you to coach every day? The kids. Uh and I know everyone says that, but for me, when I say the kids, I mean, I look at the kids and I see the need. And I go back to when I was, you asked what my high school experience was. The biggest thing is just the, the need the kids have. Uh, there's there's a huge need for it. I mean, you have a lot of skills trainers out there, um, a lot of AU coaches, a lot of programs. So there's a lot of opportunities. At the same token, there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of kids to be misled, man. And I've been doing this, uh, I won't say it's long, because there's a lot of guys that have been doing it a lot longer than myself, but... I think I started doing this at the age of 19. I'll be 30 in about two weeks. Started off on the girl side, and now I'm on the boy side. And I've seen just a lot of kids get misled. But the number one biggest thing is that I've seen a lot of kids, they're missing out on is the strength and conditioning portion. And not only just that, but just getting to the next level. If you're not like yeah. a national level kid, like they they have so many false perceptions about college basketball, and so yeah. do the parents, you know. Yeah. And, and I look back at things, and I love I love the experience that I got. But if I can go back and redo things, I'm going to be honest with you, I probably would not have chased playing college basketball so hard because I ended my two years out back here at home. Uh, No problem with it, but I wasn't playing. You know what I mean? And I enjoyed those two years, like, the most versus the first two years. Like, no one prepared me for what it was going to be like. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be a business. I didn't know that this coach – your job is solely dependent on wins and losses. And yeah, if you lose, yeah. you got to get up and leave and not get up and leave and go get another coaching job in the same town because they're small towns. But yeah. you got to go move wherever else there is. It could yeah. be the other side of take the country. Take your family with you all that. Yeah, yeah. And you got to go tough. home and explain to your wife and your kids why you got to yeah. take them out of school and get up and move. Jeez. So it's like, am I really going to lose my job over some knucklehead who can't comply with my program rules? Right. So me going up there not having an understanding of that, you can imagine the struggles that I dealt with. So just knowing that I had that mentality – I can only imagine what the kids are having, what kind of mentality they have now. So for me, it's not a personal, like, uh, achievement, like, I want to be, like, this greatest coach, and I want to be – it has nothing to do with that. It's just kids, and I want to give back to them, point blank, period. That's great, Coach. I I, hear again what you mentioned earlier about you being the only 
uh, senior to go come mm-hmm. out of East Central that year in 07 and play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for a fact there was some other college-level type dudes on that team mm-hmm. uh, because I had some of them. On you my, had two of them, as a matter of fact. I had two oh, on my AU team. Well, three, and, but one of them yeah. stopped playing. We don't know yeah. what happened. Yeah, man. who he knows? Go get man. Yeah, but I, I think back to that and I say, to kids especially, like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. they don't. There's not a, uh, a a reality check sometimes with parents and kids. No, and and it works. It works the opposite as well. Like there's some kids who think. I'll never play college ball. I'm not tall enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not anything enough. Yeah. Yet there is a program out there for the kid that's going to work hard, yeah. who, whose game for some reason translates to the next level. Now, does that, you know, and we've had this conversation, does that mean JUCO Division One, JUCO Division Two? Does that mean NAIA mm-hmm. One, Two, uh, you know, Division One, Two, Three, NCAA? Like those are important things for these kids to understand. Like, like you said, chasing a level but yet not, you know, getting the playing time and kind of just sitting there because not understanding, okay, this is a business, uh, it, you know, so much is dependent on And I've had multiple conversations with coaches about that. Like yeah. there's a, a, you know, at the, I think predominantly at the division one level, mm-hmm. you know, it's a business. Yes. You, you don't walk in there with, uh, with this, uh, I don't know, entitlement, mm-hmm. even though you're given everything, even everything's handed to you in a sense, because you've got school paid for, you got meals paid for, you get, you know, you get certain perks that most student athletes or, if around the country from other programs don't get. Yeah. But I think what it leads to is just a true appreciation of that opportunity like you had. Yeah. And like definitely. you're saying, and the experience is everything. Exactly. Exper- is. Experience is everything so that you can pay forward that information to the kids that you coach. Definitely. I think, like you said, experience is everything. Uh, My pastor always said something that stuck with me. He said, speak to someone with experience and not an opinion. So, I mean, just the experience that I've gotten over the years, I look back at it now and I'm thankful for it. So Clarissa Davis, right, still got a lot of experience from her. Um, Texas hard work, Booman Lupe, learned a lot from those guys. A good buddy of mine, Coach Cesar Smith, learned a lot from him. And he said something to me and it kind of just rings the bell what we're talking about. I was talking to him a couple weeks ago. And we were just talking about San Antonio and college basketball, high school basketball, all of those things. And he said something about, you know, the biggest problem that I see is that the city's expectations don't match the population. Yeah. And I asked him to kind of explain. And when he explained it, I mean, it couldn't have said us so much better. I mean, right now, every kid that I talk to, every kid that I see here that plays basketball, whether they're AAU or, or high school, most of them, like, they have this perception that they're going to go play Division One basketball. Yeah. And it's going to be on TV, by the way. So it's yeah. just, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, man, and, and you just know for a fact, and you don't want to shatter this kid's dreams. Yeah. But at some point in time, you got to be real with them. And I think, for me, that's where the, the, the parental um, aspect of coaching comes off for me because yeah. I have no problem at this point telling kids, like, hey, that's not going to be for you because I really wish that at some point in time in my life someone did it for me because yeah. then it would have kind of eliminated, you know, these couple of years having to yeah. figure these things out. But that's a part of the path. But for me, if I can help a kid eliminate that and a parent, save them a lot of money as well, too, because a lot of parents, they don't understand. They think that scholarships are four years, and it's like, <laughs> no, ma'am, they're not. Yeah. You yeah. need to read them, and they can get rid of you at any point in time if you don't comply. There's a lot of things that go into it. Yeah. And also, they're not always full rides. You know, yeah. you're going to have to be Partial paying some stuff. So, yeah. like, you know, all of those things go into it. So, yeah. definitely, man. How long have you been coaching at the high school level, boys or girls? Nine years. Okay. Good deal. So started out at the club. It was twenty years old. Like coming home. That's 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 young. 
that's very young. So I was it was growing high years. school level because you you'd be fresh out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to school one year, come back, and um, I I really didn't plan on actually coaching. I was just working out. We were working out with Pluck, and it was just a, it was one particular uh, female athlete that was there. And you know, I remember her dad approached me and was like, "Hey, man!" Like, cause everyone was just impressed at how hard I worked. They thought I never got tired or anything like that. So it was one of those situations to where you know. One thing led to another. You know, I'm end up in the gym training with, you know, a few girls, which didn't bother me because I was still getting my work in. Yeah. I get hurt. I don't want to stop. So I'm like, kind of like, hey, how can I give back? And, you know, it's like, hey, well, I can't train, but they still can. So I started training yeah. those girls. They invite me over to their practice. I'm training their team. Before you know it, I'm coaching on the team. Yeah. The rest is kind of history. So the, the way it all starts is just you having a heart for the kids, like you said earlier, and really just kind of filling the need, filling in the, uh, filling the gap and a need. And so with, with all these years that you've been coaching, Drew, uh, when you think of team success, well, how, how do you measure that? I learned it best, I would say, from Clarissa Davis, right, too, when I started out with her program. And, you know, she coached a high-level AU program, as, mm-hmm. as most people know. And one thing she would always say, you know, is we, we don't, we don't chase trophies. Like, I'm not – I don't chase trophies. Yeah. You know, we measure our success off of how many kids that – you know, I get to the next level yeah. debt-free, you know. It's a great mentality. With those same things right now, I, I think for me what kind of seals the deal is we were at Jalen Jackson's uh, signing. Uh-huh. The one that he did over at Alamo Christian and, and uh, Boo Man Terrence Jackson gives a speech. And the speech that he gave, you know, he kind of he held up the letter of intent in the air and he said, this is the trophy that we chase. Like, these yeah. are the trophies yeah. that we chase. We don't chase the other yeah. ones. And so for me, doing this, most of the kids that I've worked with, over the last nine and a half, going on 10 years, most of them have had some sort of dream of playing at the next level. So that's usually the kids that I'm involved with. Yeah. So for me, that's how I measure their success. Did we, we, everybody involved, whether they're training with me, another yeah. trainer, uh, their parents, everybody involved, their AU coach, high school coach, did we get them to achieve their goal? If yeah. we didn't, then we fell short. Whether we won a state championship or not, we made it or not, we won district. Like Those things to me don't matter because those things are evident. Somebody's going to win district every year. Somebody's going to win state every year and things yeah. like that. So for me, that doesn't measure who I am as a coach. Right. For me personally, I understand right. that that's a part of it, and that's yeah. a big part of what we measure today. But for me, like you get back to why I got into it. Yeah. At the age of 20 years old, I didn't say, hey, I want to win a state championship. Although getting into coaching, that is a goal of mine. Yeah. But I started it because I was sidelined. I couldn't do it anymore, but I still love the game and I wanted yeah. to still have some sort of involvement in it. And I wanted to give back to these girls because if I wasn't there, they weren't going to know what to do. They were just going to be in the gym, stand around and shoot shots. So I was like, hey, let me do it. And so I, I, I love what you said, man. It just comes along those lines of perspective what's your perspective on this game are you doing this for the right reasons are you just collecting a check exactly are you just using kids mm, that's a big one we got a lot of guys trying <laughs> yeah. to move up the chain man yeah or clout clout chasers you know exactly. i need i need to you know find my way to a better paying job and i got to use these kids to do it in essence they may they may, they may never say that but that, you can tell happening. by some people's actions definitely yeah and and that to each his own and great for them if they find a way to do it and if they benefit from it. That's just not me. Like I, I, I can't do it. I'm, I won't do it. Uh, and, and I and I get. I know you wouldn't. I uh, definitely. I get in that from you. So, kind of going back to the, to who, how you're explaining your coaching philosophy as far mm-hmm. as team success. When you think of the word leadership, what does that mean to you? Serve. Yeah. Um, serve by any means that you can. I think of the most influential leaders that 
have come through my life. So the number one influential leader that's come through my life, and I've never actually told the person, which I know is a knock on me, is my mom. Um, wow. My mom, I mean, every I, I'm, I'm a parent now of three, so it, it just, I value her even more. Yeah. It, it sucks for me that I couldn't do it when I was, you know, younger because, I mean, I see everything she did, and it's just like, man, she was strong. Yeah. And she did it with three kids and, and by herself not to have anyone around, you know, and she's still growing now. And, I mean, it's just so my mom influences me as a leader. Um, I, yeah. I think for me, that's kind of where I've always been known to be the leader in the pack just because I've seen my mom take charge. Like, hey, no one's yeah. going to give me these things. She comes from a family of 12. Wow. So it's just like, hey, a lot of a uncles, a lot family. of aunts. Yeah, a lot of small <laughs> family, right? A lot of uncles, a lot of aunts. So it's just like, hey, I, everyone's going to be asking for something. So I got to make sure I know how to grind. And, and, yeah. and really for me, that's where I learned my grind from is just seeing her. So she influences me a lot as, as, as for, in terms of my leadership. And then, of course, you have your, your, your coaching tree. Yeah. You know, that you, you know, Coach Bonowitz, I mentioned, Coach Moxley, or some other coaches around here that I take some stuff from um, college and pro. But for me, like, leadership, for me, it just means to serve just because um, people will buy in more to what you're doing knowing that you're the type of leader that's willing to get in the trenches with them. You know, it's kind of like your, your, your typical hero. Like, I want to get on the ground with my people versus yeah. being up there up top and watching them in the battlefield. You know what I gotcha. mean? I've always been that kind of guy. Like, what's fair for me should be fair for everybody else. Yeah. So it's not a situation where, hey, he's the guy running the show. He's going to throw us, a, you know, make us do these kind of things, and he's going to sit around and chill. Like, it's not one of those things, man. So for me, I just... When I hear the term leadership, I just think serve. You know, me right now as a dad, I'm, I'm yeah. the leader of the house, but my job is to still serve. So yeah. me trying to show the kids, like, hey, showing my son, like, it's okay for you to wash dishes and fold clothes yeah. and, and, and things like that, man. Yeah. Like, and along with cutting the grass and all the other things, you know what yeah. I mean? And showing these things, like, I'm a leader in the house. So for yeah. me, it's like, what's the best way I can show them? I don't want to show my kids coming in the house, sitting down on the couch making my wife serve me and do everything like no show them something different like hey i'm the leader of the house but like yeah. i'm gonna serve you and then just the reaction that i get out of my wife just me helping so much i mean it comes back yeah. tenfold and it's not why i do it but it's just for me that's what leadership is so any kids i come across mm -hmm. i'm constantly trying to get them to understand that just yeah. because you look at it i mean you're gonna get more buy-in that way you yeah. know what i mean so kind of run down for me as far as like a uh because there's there's a lot of aspects to who you are as a coach. Mm -hmm. You're not it's not just basketball for you. No, it's not. And uh, you know, and even from a practical standpoint of of how to run a program, like I've been running programs for a while now, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things I aspire to get better at. Okay. And one of them is in the weight room. Like mm -hmm. I, I I need to get better at that. Yeah. Like I really do, uh, because sometimes we're, I'm limited on what I can do with my kids yeah. because I don't have a whole a full staff mm -hmm. to help me with that. So coming from you, how important is weight training and just the physical preparation for, for the game of basketball? That's a loaded question, man. I can go <laughs> off for days on that because I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll sum it up by saying like, LeBron James, I mean, say what you want to say about him, but mm -hmm. let's just go with the facts and look at how long he's been doing this for. And, yeah. and yeah, he had an injury this year, but it's just like, hadn't had too many of those. Yeah. This guy dedicates his life to the weight room. I know it because I follow his trainer um, and I see everything they do, just the, the, the approach that they take. Yeah. Um, 
there's documentaries, obviously, you know, Jordan. Jordan's your time more than mine. I'll be honest and I'll admit, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. want to be one of those guys, you know, trying to lie and <laughs> That's why I'm not like, I'm not the biggest Jordan fan just because I saw some games around the 90s, but I wasn't, yeah. I'm going to be honest, I wasn't watching like that. I didn't watch gotcha. until like Kobe and LeBron in my era. I forget. But you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like with LeBron, I, you have an appreciation for how he dedicates, yeah. you know, his body. And his you machine. have the rest of the athletes now are starting to see like, hey, if I want to do this long term, yeah. like essentially my body is my business. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of kids need to because you say you want to play at the next level, but it's like, do you really want to play at the next level? You because want to stay playing. You Exactly, because yeah. it kind of goes back to that. Everyone thinks like getting a scholarship is the hardest part. It's like it's keeping it. It's like, you know, yeah, I can get yeah. married, but it's staying married. So <laughs> in terms of that, I think it's 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 just as important as the game. It's just yeah. as important as the wins and stuff like that, just yeah. because I never understood, like, we're, we're going to put these kids in this environment. They're going to play interscholastic athletics, and we're going to grind them, you know? We're yeah. going to grind them in practice, and we're going to, you know, they're going to play at a high level, Yeah. right? And you look at the average San Antonio kid, and you'll take them to the gaso in Houston or Dallas. And you look yeah. at the average Houston or Dallas kid, and they just seem to be more tougher than us yeah. physically. And it's just like, hey, man, we got to be doing more. Yeah. And as we come back, you know, we're in the gym. So for me, I think it's, it's the most... It's, it's just as important, if not even that much more important, because it's going to allow you to recover faster. Yeah. It's going to allow you to improve whatever muscle memory you're working on. It's going to allow you to reduce the rate in which you get injured. Interesting, yeah. Right? And then also it's going to give you that much more confidence because you're going to start to look and feel better. There's a lot of things that it's going to do for yourself, like neurologically and internally that you don't even know about that is going to be great yeah. that you can't. You can't think about, but it's going to give you the utmost confidence. So for me, that's a really, really big one. Like, it's super yeah. important. Like, if you're not doing it, you're really you're cheating the kid. So I ask about that because I know you, you I can't run down all your certifications. Yeah. But but what? how are you certified within uh, the physical training aspect? Um, long story short, amongst the various certifications that I'm pretty sure that many of other strength coaches and trainers probably have in the industry as well. But... Honestly, certified to be a strength coach. Uh, I can train anyone from kids to adults to people with diabetes, with all kind of stuff. So, I mean, it runs down the line. Uh, my main one is just being a, a functional training specialist. So okay. that's kind of like the new way, the new word, functional. Everybody's throwing that around. But basically what it means is I'm a guy that's going to teach your body how to move officially, Right. Uh, more effectively, you know what I mean. Gotcha. I'm not, I'm not a big weight training guy, uh, yeah. and, and most people think I am by one how I look and two what I post. And don't get me wrong, I mean I, I'll live in there, but for me it's not just weights; it's just resistance and it's understanding the body. Right. So for me personally, I train two different two different type of ways in the weight yeah. room. There, I, I train for my actual muscles and I train for like my fascia. So you have your contractile movements and non-contractile. And I know I'm going off on a tangent that's here okay, probably. Man. There's somebody that's going to listen to this and be like, I know what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, but so for me, it's mm -hmm. like when you're doing that, you're enhancing yeah. the way you move because we'll get in the weight room and, and we'll pick up weight and we'll drop weight and we'll move it through this way and through that way. But it's like you have your, your muscles, right? So your muscles yeah. are your contractile tissue and you want to build those up. You ever seen an anatomy picture? You see a bunch of white sheath and white tissue. Yeah, going different going, directions. Yeah, yeah, and it's wrapped and entwined around the body. Well, that's fascia. And that's the kind of thing that pretty much supports muscles and, and, and bones and things of that nature. So it's just like if you don't take care of that, then how can you really expect to really have, like, you know, your body in top yeah. shape? You know what I mean? So for me, I, I train that way. So I train different kind of ways. You know what I mean? I'm just training weights. I'll train, like, different movements, different planes. I'll do yeah. different things, you know. So for me, it's just about being active. But there's a lot that goes into it, like you said, like from from how you eat, 
from how you train to how you recover. I mean, that within itself, man, I'd say that would probably be a podcast series in itself for each yeah. one because it could literally be yeah. that way. But, I mean, I could run down whatever. You know so, what I mean? so I got you on for another episode. I got you. That'll work. I heard what you're saying, <laughs> and, I, and I will. You hear a lot of coaches talk to you about your form and muscle memory, but little do you know there's a lot of neurological adaptations that are yeah. going on in your body when you're lifting heavy weights. That's going to increase the way that your brain functions, the way that they send impulses, nerve impulses to the rest of your body. If I lift and I lift for a long period of time and it's been shown, it's been studied, it's going to enhance the way I think. It's going to enhance the way I move. And it's going to enhance the way that my body overall functions. So now you're talking about muscle memory. You look at a guy like Steph Curry. He shoots and it's so effortlessly. And everyone looks at it it's like, oh, man, but he didn't look like the biggest guy in the gym. But no one knows that this guy was... I looked this up about, what, three years ago, maybe two years ago, but he was, like, deadlifting, like, 460-something pounds in the gym. And it's just like, I can only imagine what he's doing now, but it's like, this is a guy who does this, but you don't know this, right, because they're not seeing these things. So I think as we find out more about it, it's going to be like, hey, this is something that we need to do, like, a whole lot of. Yeah, I think what it is is it's uh, form, not function. Yeah. People look at the form, and they say, oh, man, that guy's rocked up. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some really rocked up dudes that are as weak as the day is long. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of sets people apart when you talk about physical training is yeah. like, what are you training for? Like you said, you're training in different, uh, for different things. And you take a different approach that I hear again. I think, here again, most people growing up in my generation, uh, we were just taught like, you know, Look like him, look like that, look yeah. like that, be rocked up. You know, just kill it in the weight room, kill it in the weight room. And now there's just such a great approach to physical training. I mean, I wish I could turn back the hands of time and take this to what I'm, you know, have somebody in my life to teach me how to train yeah. that way. But moving on here again, you're this multifunctional coach. Mm-hmm. You're the hear what I think the the future of coaching is. Okay. Not to say that <laughs> I'm that. not that, not to say that I'm not because damn, you know, I'm pretty good, man. Okay, <laughs> I'm not setting myself out to pasture or anything, but <laughs> I think you could be the, you're the you could be the model for the new coach in the sense that you're you're certified to do you know weight training like you said, and you're also a player development type dude mm-hmm. and. I think all of us coaches really started off with really, you know, player development in the sense like we work with kids and, you know, do this. Yeah. And we rolled out the cones and the chairs yeah. and uh, we put, you know, we put obstacles. We got the broom out mm-hmm. and shoot over this. And, you know, we did what we could. But now there's even a whole other level to that. A whole one, other level. Yeah. One of my guys, uh, Greg Bowie, senior. Great guy. When, when I saw him train his son, you know, for two years. I had a whole new respect for training, period. And I didn't know there was a level of training that was, I guess, that, uh, I don't know how to say, just intricate. Mm-hmm. And the game type, you know, movements, stuff like that. Like, I learned so much from him from that perspective. And I know you're cut of the same fabric as yeah. far as how you can train kids as well. Like, how do you, how important is player development to you? I put a huge premium on that just because I'm we got to teach we got to teach kids how to play and we were headed up the best way I summed up is we were headed up to Houston uh, the Jim Brown's uh, Jim Hicks icebreaker and I was uh, traveling there with uh, Boo Man and uh, he must have probably spoke to almost every division uh, one college coach in, in the state of Texas during that ride 
And one thing that a lot of them kept saying, man, is they want to see what translates. They don't care, like, how many points yeah. you're scoring. They want to see what translates. So when they're coming to watch you and, they look, and they're looking at you, they're looking from the lens of, I, I'm, I, we play in the Big 12. We play in this, you know what I mean? So can he do that? He just drove yeah. to the lane, did a spin move at 5'10", and, and hit a floater or did an and one on, on, on a guy that's 6'5". Or whatever. Is, can that translate over? No. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of kids don't know that. What yeah. they know is they're going to go on YouTube, on Instagram, they're going <laughs> to see the latest rip cone drill and toss yeah. cones and throw tennis balls and do all those things. And I think that those things can serve their purpose. Yeah. You know, like a lot of those things like that, that's motor development. It's motor development. And if a kid lacks motor development, then I think, yeah, throw some rip cones in and some tennis balls. But yeah. if they don't lack motor development, like usually when they're in high school, and if you know the way the body develops, by the time they're in, like, middle of middle school and then going to high school, they don't need motor development in that sense. Like, they've yeah. already mastered it. Like, we're working on motor development, like, with elementary kids. So, for me, player development, man, it's, it's extremely important because we have a lot of kids, like, right now, they'll go to school right now, and they won't have a jump shot. If they're yeah. left-handed, they can't go right. If they're right-handed, they're not that strong going left. If they cannot play defense or they, – they just – there's so many gaps and there's so many holes, you know, and I heard it once about being like a coach wanting a fruit basket. So if a coach comes, you say, I want a fruit basket and you bring him a bunch of apples. But the person next to you brings apples, bananas, pears, strawberries yeah. and grapes. Like <laughs> the coach said he wanted a fruit basket. So basically he wants a player that he can mold in any way. Yeah. Like you come up here and it's not like coach. I play where you need me, wherever yeah. you need me. Yeah. And that's where I go. So I know our players aren't equipped that way. So for me. That's what it comes down to. So that's why if you look at my, my Instagram and, you know, my, my, my social media, there's not a lot of videos of me posting. And it's probably a detriment to what I do because I'm just not that guy. But I'm so focused on what we're doing that I don't think to take the time to pick up my phone. And maybe I can have somebody else do it. But for me, it's just like when we're in the gym, I'm going to focus so much in on that because I know how much you need it. I know how much you need it to get to where you're going. So for me, it's like if I build an environment where I develop my players – then I know that when we get out on the court, it's not going to be like this this total foreign type of show going on that, you know, I have no idea what's going on. Like, I develop these players. So if they don't look right, then it goes back on me. You know what I mean? I can't blame it on them. So for me, I think that's the biggest thing because we see a lot of other teams' success, and it's just like, you know, we want that right away. And it's just like, no, man, you got to develop these kids, you know, yeah. to get there. And when we say development, I'm not just meaning the actual basketball and just the weights. I try to take my life experiences and put it into yeah, theirs. You yeah. know what I mean, I think for me, coaching, that's all it is because I'm no better than the next coach. Yeah. And the next coach. Next, I mean, we're all coaches, man. Like, everybody coaches and everybody feels like they're great. And I don't want to be rude and mean, but ain't nobody special, man. Like, we're all coaches. <laughs> like, And I'm not special, so I don't yeah. try to be special. Yeah. So, for me, that's why player development is the most important because it's 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 – a development of a player and for yeah. me i like a one-on-one -on -one development because it allows me to really focus in on them so for me yeah. that's just where i started so i'm i'm big on that man i spent a lot of late nights in gyms leaving gyms at like two and three in the morning yeah. just to get gym time to get players in the gym so player development's real big for me so yeah the player development man i i, I hear again things that i look at and i say okay if i see a guy like yourself who's doing all these things mm -hmm. How can I get better at doing it? Because here again, I've been coaching for like 24 years, and I don't think to myself, I've arrived, I've done anything great. Yeah. Like I said, I don't even, my career wins, losses, I don't know. I don't, I could tell you the last five years maybe because it's it's on max preps or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, a, I have actually a bunch of footage of it, but 
prior to that, man, I just I just never paid attention to it because it was about developing players. Yeah. I remember a time when I wasn't coaching three or four, you know, college level type kids or, or prospects, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I had cats that were in the gym that were just like, if this if this guy can chew gum and run up and down the court at the same time, we're, we're gonna man, we're gonna do some special things. I may not be special, but we're gonna do something special. And yeah. and it was always about coming up with things to to develop them, and had to be really creative. And now that I have these, I coach players on a regular basis that are you know college level prospects. I I really find it like. Not a challenge, but I challenge myself to how do I get better? How do I get better for these kids? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, at the next level, are they going to be surprised when they get there? And shame on me if they are. Exactly. Shame on me if they walk into that gym and the kid's like, well, I didn't get what I needed from my high school coach. And that, <sighs> That's the that, worst. That, that college coach is going to be like, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to that program exactly. and get players. You lose credibility. Yeah. And, I, and that's one thing. You know what? The, my credibility with, with college coaches, it, it means so much to me mm-hmm. because there's a lot of relationships I've made. Yeah. And, and uh, man, I hate to lose that over that. If there's something I can control, there's some things I can't control. You know, I can't control as coaches, but yeah. the things we can, we, we really need to, to do that. And I think that's the holistic approach to player development. Definitely. And, uh, so it's all encompassing of all those things. Now, so as a coach, <laughs> kind of break down what is what is your who all is a part of your family? Like on your tax return, and you have to put on <laughs> wife <laughs> independence. Who's all who all lives in your household that that you're a leader to? Uh, my wife Adriana, um, our daughter Javelin, she's nine. Um, my son Bryce is three, and then the newest addition to our family, Miss Jada. She's four months. Awesome, man. So three kids, one wife, so house full of... Yeah, let's keep it at that one. <laughs> yeah, my, my mom keeps trying to get us to have another one. I'm like, can yeah. you chill out? Like, yeah. my sister has one. You know, I have three. Like, four is enough. Like, we're, yeah. like you got four grandkids. Yeah. I got three kids. I'm good because we're outnumbered now. Yeah. So, man, I'm like, no, no. We're good. we're good. We're good. That's tough. And I ask that because my next question leads into that. What do you sacrifice to be able to coach, train, because not only are you a coach at, at Jubilee San Antonio High mm. School, but you also do uh, AAU basketball yeah. with the Under Armour uh, mm. Texas Hard Work. Yeah. And that kind of necessitates some of your non, uh, I guess, school basketball mm-hmm. and even your summer. Yeah. So what do you sacrifice to do all that? Sleep, for one, which is uh-huh. tough for me because I train year-round. Um but I'll be honest with you, um, there is some family time sacrificed. Um, I just read Kobe's book, and he talked about how he was going to get better. He said something had to go. He wasn't going to sacrifice his time with his family, so he did sleep. Now, I mean, he played in the NBA, so whether he wants to admit or not, there was time away from his family. He had to sacrifice that. But for me, that I find that the biggest sacrifice that I make right now is the time away from my family. Um, we just had, you know— three of, of UA sessions. So we, we were in three states in four weeks. You know, we, we were in Chicago uh, for UAA1. Uh, Easter break comes, and then right after that, we head out to Kansas City for UAA2. And then the next week, and right after that, we were in um, Newark, New Jersey uh, for UAA3. So for me, you know, it was kind of difficult for the kids to understand, you know, why is that going so much, you so know what I mean? Or, or why can't we go? We want to get on airplanes and fly around and see different places. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, don't worry, yeah, yeah. we'll get there. You guys will definitely. I plan on taking you guys. So for me, it's it's 
that's the biggest sacrifice. And I think for me, honestly, man, a lot of people may look at me now and think that I'm I'm super young because I'm only 29, turning 30 in about two weeks or so. Um, and they'll say that, you know, that you're, I'm young and, you know, of course, like we talked about, there's levels and you probably yeah. haven't paid your, your dues yet. And, <sighs> and I totally understand that aspect of it. But what I would say to them is, man, like I've spent 10 years away from my family, you know, grinding in gyms, you know, yeah. when, I, when I came back and started doing this at the age of 20, you know, our daughter was like one, one and a half. Me and my, my, my wife at the time, or just my girlfriend at the time, you know, if I'm in the gym at, you know, from, you know, 11 to three in the morning obviously I'm not there with them so the biggest thing has been sacrificing that family time but you know if I'm going to sacrifice family time I got to make sure that it's worth it so for me I make sure I drive that home to my players and not to hang it over their head to get them to understand and realize there's a reason why I'm here and there's a reason why you're here we're both sacrificing something so when we come here we have to understand that that has to be on the forefront of our minds and we got to perform like it I got to coach you like it and you got to play like it and I think a lot of times when you're traveling kids kind of lose sight of that because it's 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 fun they they got their phones they got their friends they're on planes they're away from school yada 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 it's it's a business trip you know so trying to put that on their mind but when I come back home, I try to capitalize on the time. And I think that with kids, what I found out, and I'm, I'm young, so I could be wrong, but with my kids, the way that I, the way to them, if you would ask them, hey, Jazz Bryce, how do you spell love? They'll say T-I-M-E, time. There you go. Because that's what, to them, that's what it is. So, like, yeah. I'll be gone, but when I come back and little things like, hey, movie, like we had movie night last night. There you uh, go. I, ate ice cream like that's awesome it fits in my macro so i (laughs) ate my ice cream you know what i mean so we had ice cream i mean bryce is waking up next morning this morning can we do it again like after we're done with this podcast we're gonna go to the park and fly kites so like just trying to cap on the time that i am there because i don't want them to think that dad was always gone and if they think that well when he he might have been gone a lot but when he was here this is the time that he did so for me that's why when i get home hit the ground right and i don't mean just get home from you know another city, another state. I mean, if I'm just in the gym, because I mean, yeah. when I get in the gym, man, I'll lose sight of the time. <laughs> I'm a schedule time in there, yeah. and I'm the kind of guy, like, if we're in there for, like, two or three hours, and I got a kid that wants to get a extra shots, I'm going to be the guy that's going to stay there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I wish I would have had it. So yeah. I didn't, but if I have the opportunity to provide it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So get home, man, and just whatever needs to be done. Hey, you need me to feed baby, change baby, wash dishes, wash clothes, do what I mean, I'm just trying, man, just because yeah. that's the number one sacrifice that I make. The other sacrifice doesn't really too much matter to me more so like the social aspect of it like yeah. I don't go out a lot man I really yeah. don't like I don't go out a lot at all um I mean if I go out you see me with the family but outside of that man like I'm a homebody if yeah. I'm not coaching if I'm not traveling coaching so the biggest thing is just you sacrifice the time with your family right now man yeah and, and that's huge and I had this conversation uh with one of the coaches that I, that I had on a previous podcast and it was that when you talk about time and the amount of time, it's got to be quality over quantity. Yes. When you're living that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's what my dad always taught me was just, you know what, we may not get a lot of time together, uh, but the time we do have, we're going to make it quality. And that's what he did. And that's what that's the way we lived our lives was like so many memories, yet we were all busy. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I played every sport that I could. So you were constantly In high school, I was playing every sport. So I was year-round. Before year-round was like a thing. <laughs> and uh, my parents were busy. They did a lot of volunteer work, and they were always busy. Yeah, and there was times where I'd be like, Ali, I wish we were all together. But then at the same time, I saw as an adult, like you talked about now, you can appreciate your mom for mm-hmm. this and that, and you wish you had. Well, I also look back on that, and I say, okay, my lifestyle now is kind of the same way of 
always kind of getting something done, doing something, keeping my hands busy. Mm-hmm. And not for the sake of being busy, but because I feel like there's a need for me to do things and uh, just making it quality time. And anytime we get together, we tear it up in the sense of were we talking? Are we engaging uh, with each other? Are we, you know, and, that, and here again, the sacrifices that come along with what coaches do. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not trying to be argumentative, but I think that's what makes us special. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what makes a special coach and, and a special person. I agree. Is the sacrifice. Is saying, I'm going to sacrifice these things for the betterment of my family down the line. And, and this will be the last question in, in and uh, Drew, I think I think this is something that we all think about as men, especially as men, mm-hmm. parents, husbands, coaches. What, what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? Whether it's in coaching or life or whatever, what do you want your legacy to be? Man, just honestly, man, when when you leave a, a legacy, when you talk about legacy in itself. I don't want it to be anything material. You know what I mean? So um, whether you want to call it culture, whether you want to call it soul, whether you want to call it good vibes, just when I was, whoever I was around, whoever I came into contact with, however we communicated forever amount of time, whatever good feeling, good aura that their body got out of it, their mind, I, I want them to feel that and remember that of me. And I want them to be able to carry that on. So as I'm no longer here, Whenever they think of me, they get a positive dose of the good hormones releasing, like, boom, I feel good. Like, the thought of him made me okay. Like, I, I wasn't having a great day, great week. Things are not going well in my life. But, you know, I, I remember Coach and, you know, what would Coach do? Or, and not to compare myself to the whole what would Jesus do, but it's just like you, you think of someone that was got a positive influence on your life. And it's just like when you're in your time of need, if I think of that person, does it help me out the least bit? That's who I want to be. Anything else outside of that, I mean, it doesn't pertain to me. You know what I mean? And I say that in the most respectful way that if I'm if I'm doing those things, then my kids will have a great memory of me. You know what I mean? When they think of me, that my kids will be, they will be pretty much essentially carrying out a lot of my ways. You know, my culture will be kind of not all of theirs, but somewhat invested into theirs. You know, same thing for my wife. So for me, it's more of a situation just leaving that behind to people and that's the same thing coaching whether I'm dead or alive when I coach now and kids that I've coached in the past I just want them to be able to grab something from what I told them something positive or something that's just going to help them do better even if it was a negative thing that they perceived that I said to them allow it to help them because the whole thing about good and bad it kind of goes back to what you said about kids being kids and then not knowing anything about race and things like that so like we only know good and bad based upon our morals and ethics we're raising the house so if a kid sees something that I said to them that was like, it, it crushed them or it hurt them or it made them upset, if it drove them to get what they wanted, then that's good. And they, that's that's what they remember me by. Then, hey, look, what you can say is, yeah, you may not remember me for that good deal, but the action out of it, you know what I mean? So for me, that's just it, like good memories. You know, Drew, I, I appreciate you being on, man. I really do. Uh, because I, me, man. man, like here again, I've known you since you were probably what 15, 16 years old. Yeah, uh, watched you come up and and just uh, really uh, admired what you've done uh, as a young person. Because to me, you're young. You're 
10 years younger than me. So here you go, <laughs> person, man. Appreciate it, man. Because I ain't no old beat-up dog either, but... Hey, you know uh, something, man? It's real funny. There <laughs> was a kid. I just say this because you were old. There was a kid when we were in Houston told Coach Chance, and Chance, me and Chance were on the same age. He told Coach Chance, Coach Chance Scott, that he was old because he had waves. When he said that, I knew. <laughs> I was like, man, like, where has time <laughs> gone? Nah, like, like, if That's you have so waves, funny. you're considered old on them. I was like, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, these man. kids need to stop messing around <laughs> with them waves, too, though, man. Like, kids walking around with all these caps on they take it off look look, look at my waves coach look 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 and yeah. he, that's not even a that's not even a stream yeah much less. <laughs> <laughs> man <laughs> i mean i love it i love uh, the kids kids like you know different culture and all that but you, you there's some ogs out there that really know what they're doing yeah. regardless of age yeah but uh that's so funny man but i you know here again seeing you come up grow up and uh you know, my old neighborhood, you were up in their lakeside. Yep. Represent gang gang, all that. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's you're a great testimony and an example to young people. Uh, and that's my passion. My passion is reaching out to young people in any way, shape, or form, just in conversation or whatever. <laughs> and, and then I see you doing that. And I see her again. Like I said, you're, you're what I think is the future of, of coaching in that some guys need, uh, like myself, I need a staff around to help with the weightlifting. I, need, I like to, to lean on guys when it comes to player development too, it's just so that I can learn more and, and absorb more. But if I can do it all by myself, not to say I won't ever need anybody, but man, I can, I don't know, I could do a lot, I could do a lot more. Yeah. And, and, and here again, some of the things that I look at my program and I say, well, how can I, you know, make it better for my kids. I think your programs for the future are going to be like, you know, out of this world because of that. And I think other coaches are going to call on you to do clinics and appreciate it and all that stuff, man. And maybe I'm just casting vision right now or whatever, <laughs> That'd be but, nice. but that's what I, you know, I don't want to have people on this podcast to just tell a story and not understand like they can be an inspiration to anybody who's listening yeah and you are as a coach you're an influencer you may not be a social media influencer you may not be a youtuber or whatever <laughs> but you're an influencer man and, and uh and so all the work that you've done it will pay dividend big time not just for you but for your family so i appreciate that again brother i thank you for being on i appreciate you having me uh, yeah, man i look forward to the future of what's going to happen and uh and just God bless you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and also on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you. Have a blessed day.